Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Never Too Late to Fly podcast. I'm your host, Jacqueline. And I'm Kevin. Together, we're going to dive into different topics around weight loss, body image, relationships with food, and how to overcome life's everyday struggles and challenges so we can all live our best lives possible. Remember, it's It's never never too late late to fly. fly. Welcome back to the podcast, everyone. This is episode 51. In this episode, we are going to be having a conversation about how Jacqueline is doing with her weight loss without using the scale as a a measuring stick or a measuring tool. Ever since she's decided to stop weighing herself and using the scale, a lot has changed. And if you want more information as to why Jacqueline stopped, you can go ahead and check out episode 46. In this episode, we talk a lot more in-depth as to the specific reasons as to why she stopped using the scale um, and kind of what's going on. In this episode, we're going to be going more in-depth of what's happened and what led her to where she is kind of right now. Right. So long story short, using the scale became a very bad, obsessive relationship with me and the scale and with the number. And I knew for my own recovery with an eating disorder and for my mental health, I had to stop. And that doesn't mean that the goal of weight loss was going away because that is still one of my main goals. But I just had to stop that process of weighing myself and tracking my weight and standing on the scale. And because for so long, since I began my journey at over 500 pounds, the scale was a big part of my journey and it became a big part of me and my everyday routine or my weekly routine. And so stopping something like that is hard and it's scary. And it was something I had been thinking about for a while that probably should happen, but I didn't really know how it was going to go with trying to lose weight without standing on the scale. I didn't think it was going to work. I didn't think I could do it. And I, in my head, had this thought of how am I going to know it's quote unquote working if I'm not standing on the scale and I'm not seeing that progress? Or how am I going to hold myself accountable for the decisions and choices I'm making if I'm not standing on the scale? And, you know, talking to my eating disorder therapist about that, she said, and this is personal for me, so it's not everyone, but she said that type of thinking of thinking you have to be making choices and decisions, especially around food based on what you think the scale is going to say is part of that disordered eating and that disordered way of you viewing food and with yourself. So it was a lot of back and forth on my end of, is this the right choice? And like Kevin said, there's a lot more in that episode. But for me, once I made the decision of this is what's best for me, this is what I want to do, it was very hard. Like I said, to make that decision was hard, but to actually start, like when I was like, okay, I started on a Monday and I'm not weighing myself anymore it was really hard. And I had a lot of doubt in the beginning. Is this even the right decision? Will this work? Is this going to help me? It was a lot of fear because I think I felt kind of out of control at that point because I didn't have the scale there to kind of, and not a good way of thinking, but to help me make those healthy choices and decisions to reach my goal. So I was like terrified. Right. And I think a lot of that comes from you'd use the scale for so long to track your success it was almost like a comfort blanket or a comfort to you to be able to stand on that scale and say, okay, what I'm doing is working or okay, what I'm doing is not working. And I think that for as long as you were losing weight, especially since you started this journey in 2012, it was almost a weekly thing that 
you would stand、mm-hmm. on the scale and say, okay, am I making progress or not?、Mm-hmm. And so I think like it's an old habit and old habits die hard. And the thinking that went around the scale only became more distorted the longer that you had kind of continued on that path. Right. It was years of standing on the scale to see how the week went. And it was years of being proud of myself only based on what that number said. I wasn't looking inward that often of, How do I feel? How am I proud of myself? What worked? What didn't work? And it was all based on that scale. So if the scale wasn't dropping for whatever reason, and again, not the right way to think, but then I would start trying to make switches or changes in what I was doing, even though I didn't do anything that needed switched or changed to try to get that number to drop. I would start dropping my own calories, not eating my food, doing an extra workout to try to get that number. To drop. So for me in my head, it was like, if I'm not weighing myself, what's going to happen in terms of my weight loss? And how am I going to actually know that I'm, again, not the right way to think, but doing the right thing? And so it was extremely difficult. There was a lot of times I would almost sneak in the middle of the night to go weigh myself because. It was that obsessive that I kept thinking about it. And I think there was also a fear of before I even went into eating disorder recovery, I stopped weighing myself and I started gaining weight. And so that fear of if I'm not weighing myself, I'm just going to gain weight was really heavy in my mind. And so I think it took a few weeks of really like obsessing over that to then it kind of clicked. And then it went to this feeling of, But I feel so free. It felt like someone had taken this weight off my shoulders and I wasn't carrying around this heavy burden of, oh my gosh, what's this scale going to say? And I felt like a completely different person. And this was a few weeks of struggling to get me to then this point, which was, I feel so free. And that stage was kind of hard as well because I found myself not on purpose. But kind of, I wasn't tracking my food at all. I didn't even open, I think, the WW, the Weight Watchers app once. I was eating out more often, wasn't tracking, wasn't listening to my hunger cues, and was kind of like, oh, I'm free, let me eat. But the interesting part looking back is it was never a binge session. It was never a free for all where I was just eating everything in sight to eat to make up because I was never going to allow myself to eat again. It was more just eating more higher calorie foods out at restaurants, not cooking at home, not eating nutrient dense foods. And like I said, not tracking at all and not being mindful of the decisions and the choices I was making. So, on one hand, I felt proud of myself because it wasn't a huge binge out session. But on the other hand, I started feeling really upset because I felt like I had lost that control of food again. And that was also a kind of very difficult stage. Right. And I think with that point, at that point, when you were at the point of eating without tracking, I think there was a, a, I guess, a time that you pushed kind of like those feelings of how food made you feel away. And you weren't really necessarily paying attention to, okay, when I eat these things, Or eat this volume of whatever meal it is, how that made you feel. You、mm-hmm. kind of let go of that a little bit and you didn't kind of stay in touch with 
yourself that mind-body connection that we talk about so frequently. Exactly. And looking back when I hit like kind of this different stage that I'll talk about, looking back, I was feeling tired. I wasn't motivated to do workouts. I felt extra bloated and puffy. I could feel the swelling in my body was worse. But because like Kevin said, I wasn't connecting that mind-body at all and just kind of eating whatever sounded good. I wasn't listening to those signs or that my body was telling me, hey, we don't feel good when you do this. And so finally, it came to a point after a few weeks of that, it was then I felt angry. Why did I do this? I felt ashamed of myself. I felt sick. I felt really tired, really upset with myself. And I really started struggling. And it went back to that thought of, see, this is why I have to weigh myself. This is why taking that scale away doesn't work because look what happens. Look at what I was eating. Look at what I was doing. This isn't working. And I remember talking to my therapist about it, like hysterically crying, like I have no control. I cannot stop eating. And again, like she had brought up to me, it wasn't binging. It was just overeating and eating past that part of being full or not eating breakfast and having a huge dinner, like different things like that were happening. And she said, we're not measuring our success based on the scale. We cannot focus on how we feel based on what that number says, regardless of whether you have an eating disorder or not, basing your emotions, your feelings, your thoughts, and your choices based on what that scale was going to say is not working. And so she said, we really have to get back to, like Kevin said, that mind-body connection. How are you feeling when you eat these foods? She said, you had talked about, you were tired, you felt weak, you didn't want to do your workouts, your stomach was upset, you felt puffy and swollen. She said, those are kind of the quote-unquote consequences for kind of eating like that. And not that it's bad, but your body was telling you, we can't keep eating like this and we can't keep doing this. It didn't matter if the scale was going to go up or not. You have to listen to your body and what it's telling you. Your body was telling you it did not like that. And so once she kind of talked to me about that a little bit, it really opened my eyes to be like, you know what? I wasn't wanting to do my workouts when I was constantly eating out. I had no energy. I was tired. I was more irritable and angry. And that was my body's way of telling me, hey, like eat some fruits and vegetables, drink more water, like start taking care of yourself again. And what she reminded me of is that I'm responsible for my choices, my actions, and my decisions, period. Without the scale telling me what to feel, what to do, what choices and decisions to make, no matter what, I'm the one in control. So if I'm the one choosing to eat out at a restaurant every night and not track, or if I'm choosing to track on WW and eat more nutrient-dense foods, both of those are my choices. And I have to decide what feels best for me. And I think that's when it kind of clicked that it made sense. Like that's exactly what she was talking about. And for so long, we've talked about this and I've talked about, you know, it's connecting my body, but I was always tracking on WW. I was always in a good place with food. But then when I took the scale out and actually living through not listening to my body again, and then living through kind of some of these challenges again, it really, I think, opened my eyes to this is what she's talking about. These are the things that we keep working towards, but it wasn't until I actually was living it in the moment and dealing with it that it actually clicked in my head what she was actually talking about and what I actually had to do. 
Right. And I think a key thing to bring up here at this point too is, as well is you weren't going to the far extremes. That pendulum of going all the way off of following tracking and eating was not swinging as far out to the extreme as Mm -hmm. it had previously. Sure. It was still going that way, but you're more towards the middle. It's not all the way out and up away from the middle Mm -hmm. that it can be. It's, it's staying more towards, okay, I'm not tracking, I'm not standing on the scale, I'm eating whatever I want to eat, but it's not, like you said, a total binge. It's not a total restriction. It's not like you were not at the extreme, you were more in that middle and finding that happy place, like you said, of, of listening to yourself and feeling and paying attention and being aware to where you where you are now. Right, and that I think opened my eyes too when my therapist told me that is she said, you're not binging, you're not going backwards, you're enjoying food again, which you should be doing, but in a way where you're still the one making the choices and decisions, you're eating maybe ice cream after work, but you're not eating the whole carton of ice cream like you were before. She said, so there's a big difference between overeating and binging. And I think all of these things she was telling me, like things like different light bulbs were turning on in my head and things were actually making sense to me. And I still kind of felt a little out of control. Like, how am I supposed to get back to tracking? How am I supposed to start feeling good without kind of feeling these ways? And she said, keep trusting yourself. Keep doing what you're doing. It's going to click. Like, you're going to be able to find that balance of what works for you. And so I think it's hard when, you know, you kind of have to trust the process, especially when you can't see it or there's not like a physical, this is what you have to do. And for me, I'm a very logical person. I'm a very factual person. I know if you do this, then this is supposed to happen. And when things aren't that way, it's very difficult for me. So when she says, keep doing what you're doing, I'm like, but it's not what what I'm doing is not working. And she goes, well, yes, it is. Look at where you started. And look at where you are now. And I was like, well, I feel like I'm, I'm a complete mess right now. I'm whatever. And she goes, no, you're not. Look at where you started and look at where you are now. And so I really took what she said to heart and was really like, okay, I really need to connect with myself and my body again and keep doing what's best for me. And that weight of not having the scale pounding me over the head, like, oh my gosh, look, you failed. The scale went up really felt good because I was like, okay, forget everything that happened. Let's keep focusing on me without that negative, whatever that number was going to say based on whatever happened or the choices I made. Right. And I think that's another thing that I I know for sure we talked about in that scale episode is the feelings associated with it and how that makes you feel. Even though you could do everything right, that scale might not do what you're hoping for it Mm -hmm. to do or wanting it to do. And I think that's one of the most powerful things I've seen change in you is you're happy to do the workouts. You're happy to eat the things that you you should be eating without that like added stress or that added component of, okay, now what's the scale going to do, even though I did everything I was supposed to do? Mm-hmm. Like that's got to be, it's incredibly freeing to watch. I can only imagine what it feels like to actually be living that. Mm-hmm. What I have noticed too, while all of this was going on, well, I kind of call it like a beautiful chaos that was kind of happening is instead of feeling like, oh my gosh, I lost 10 pounds and looking in the mirror like, oh yeah, I can definitely see how I've lost 10 pounds. 
It's in looking in the mirror and I'm like, wow, the fluid's really coming out. Wow, look at the muscle definition. Look how good my legs look. The banding that's kind of around my ankles is getting smaller and I can see the leg, like my leg shape changing. And so it's focusing on kind of some of those things without just being like, oh yeah, I have lost 10 pounds because that's what the scale told me to. So I should look 10 pounds lighter. It's really looking within on how you feel and the changes that are happening within and with your body without associating it with a number. So that for me has been a really powerful thing to kind of watch. Right. And I think another thing that's important to bring up with this conversation is you've been talking about this, thinking about this for years. And you've been preparing yourself to get to this place to be able to think and feel this way. Mm. But it's taken you how long to actually get here and put it into practice and trust and believe and actually do it. Mm -hmm. Like that's not something that you just, okay, I'm going to feel like not standing on the scale and it's not going to affect me anymore. Like you said, it took you weeks to get over that fact of, okay, I need to stand on the scale. I haven't stood on the scale. Like it's something that's taken practice and thought and preparation and getting to the point of where you are. Right. And that's what I always say. It's a journey, whether you're trying to gain weight, lose weight, recover from an eating disorder, go through skin removal sh- surgery, whatever it is. Life is a journey. This is a journey. There's not an easy, quick fix thing that's going to help you overcome or reach your goals quickly because that's what you want. It's really about enjoying the journey, embracing the journey and learning every step of the way. And I think that's where I'm at right now. And one of the biggest things I wish I would have done at 500 pounds was really focus on that mental health side of why am I making the choices and the decisions that I'm doing? And that's why I say it all the time. It's bigger than just weight loss. It's figuring out why you turn to food for comfort, why you are binging and restricting, why you're struggling with the scale and trying to work through all of those things. So it might make weight loss maybe go a little slower because you're not so restrictive and intense and I have to lose weight. So I'm going to do everything I can possible. But in the long run, it's going to be so much better for you. So for me right now, I might be at a place where I'm losing weight maybe slower than if I just did WW and track the food and weighed myself. But I also know for me and my overall health, this is the best thing that I could be doing for myself. And as you saw, like I talked about, it has been a journey of feeling like this is not the good choice. I shouldn't be doing this to overeating and not feeling in control to then kind of thinking, what do I do now? What's best for me? And then really sitting down and looking back on that whole process and figuring out while I might have felt like I was in like that emotional chaos of overeating, how much growth really was happening, how much was actually changing that I really couldn't see until I stepped out of that and was able to reflect and look back in. I think that's really powerful, like you said, taking that step back to be able to look at the bigger picture and see what's going on rather than being stuck in that day-to-day, minute-to-minute life of, okay, am I making the right choice? Am I doing the right thing? And being able to take that step back and look and say, okay, that that moment I might not have made the best choice, but in the grand scheme of it, what's going to be best for me overall and what's going to get me where I want to go and keep me on the right path? As opposed to, like you said... At the beginning, you could have lost weight maybe a little faster, but maybe it would have been more sustainable had you worked on the mental health at the Mm -hmm. same time. 
And I think that's what my therapist really said to me when I was talking to her. And I was like, I was overeating. I was eating at restaurants every night. I don't know. My body doesn't feel good. And she goes, but you didn't binge. And I was like, yeah, okay, whatever. But I was still eating more or whatever. And she goes, stop. But you didn't binge. And I was like, oh, you're right. Like, I didn't even see in that moment of when I was being like so hard on myself or thinking like, I don't even know the right word. Like, this was such a struggling time for myself. And I was like, I just need help. I didn't realize how much progress I had made and how even if I was eating out every single night for dinner, how I wasn't turning to food for comfort. I wasn't binging. I wasn't eating everything inside. I wasn't restricting myself and then punishing myself the next day. And those are all huge wins. Like, and she said, you don't realize how big that is. No, absolutely. Someone who has an eating disorder to be able to do that. And so she said, it's just kind of reflecting and figuring out what now you need to do to move forward because you know, weighing yourself and restricting and then binging was not working. You know, standing on the scale every five minutes, hoping it would change wasn't working. You knew tracking all your food and having to be a hundred percent perfect on WW wasn't working. And now, you know, eating out when eating whatever you want without kind of tracking or being mindful doesn't work for you. So what is going to work for you? Let's try that. Let's focus on that. Well, I think there's a lot of power in that. Like you said, you're figuring out all these things that don't work at the same time. It's leading you to what does work. Mm -hmm. That's really powerful. Like you're learning these things don't work for me. I don't like how I feel. I don't like how they make me. Right. And so even if I think some people have a negative thought around like diets or programs or let's just say WW, I think if you're actually doing it and making it work for you and for me when I can track my food but not have to be perfect, not completely follow everything perfectly but make it work for me, it is helping me find that power within to be able to have control. Because when I feel like I don't have control, that's when I spiral and I start binging and I start overeating because I can't have that self-control for myself to listen to my body or know when my body's actually full or hungry. I have no idea. I lost all of that a long time ago. So for me, tracking my food and being mindful, even if it's not exactly on the points that day I'm supposed to have, helps me feel in control and enjoy this process. So I knew that's where I had to go back to is at least tracking the food and being mindful of what I'm doing. And it was weird because when all of this was happening, we ended up leaving for Disneyland for the grand opening of Disneyland. And I wasn't really thinking about food, stressing about food. What am I going to eat? What's going to happen? We just kind of went. And I was really surprised because this was like the first time I went to Disneyland or a vacation trip where food wasn't like the main focus or the main stress of the trip. I was able to enjoy what I was eating, stop when I was full, have the foods I felt like having, listening to my body, not completely restricting and not binging. Then I remember after the trip, we were driving home and it's like everything then came together at that point where it was like I was actually living my life in the real world of vacation, Disneyland, where there's so much food around that I used to either binge or restrict on. And I actually felt in control. 
that kind of like sparked that thing in me that was like, I can do this. I got this. If I can go and enjoy Disneyland without binging or restricting, then I can make it at home doing my normal everyday things. So I think taking everything that my therapist had said and we talked about having that trip to Disneyland and having that part of the food go so well, I came home and I felt different. Like I felt I was in control again. And like that trip to Disneyland really opened my eyes to what I need to do for myself to feel good again. And that was mindful eating, tracking my food, being more aware of the foods I was putting into my body, not just for weight loss, but for how I was going to feel. And now I feel like I'm at a place where I'm feeding my body nutrient-dense foods. I feel good to do my workouts. I have energy to do my workouts again. And I'm making the choices and the decisions that feel good for me and my body without the choices and the decisions I think are going to affect the scale and the way I want the scale to go. And so that has been kind of a huge growth for me, not just with, okay, I'm going to stop using the scale, but the whole journey of from day one, not weighing myself to where I am now, not weighing myself, how much growth has happened. So I can't sit here and say how much weight I've lost in the past few months, but I can say huge growth has happened in my recovery with an eating disorder, with how I view my body, with myself and with food. And I think that's the main focus. And I know with what I'm doing, the weight loss is coming. You can see it in the way clothes fit, how my body looks. But that's not the sole thing I'm completely consumed by and that I'm constantly thinking of every choice and decision I'm making is just for weight loss. And I think that's where I I was hoping to get through this recovery, but I didn't know how much progress I would make by just eliminating the scale. Right. I think... Like you said, that it's extra validating when you've been doing that work at home and then we take that trip and kind of push you out of that comfort zone that you haven't had since basically when we got locked down for COVID. Mm -hmm. Like you've been able to follow a pretty strict routine or regimen if you wanted to. Like everything's right here available and ready and kind of in your own little box. And then It's easy to track your food and cook your food. When you're at home. Right. And you're not traveling and you're not like, it's easy to follow that and to fall into that, that, I guess, hamster wheel of just kind of doing the same thing over and over again. And so pushing you out of that comfort zone and, and, and giving you that validation that you can go out into the real world and survive and make it and have that progress be validated by the choices you made and the decisions you made. I think that's only right there is the proof that mm-hmm. you're looking for that what you're doing is the right thing. And it's just, it's very weird to me, but it makes sense at the same time that my first big moment of deciding to lose over 300 pounds was a trip to Disneyland. And then the trip that I decided I feel in control again and things are going in the right direction and all that happened the moment in Disneyland. I think it's really interesting. And so going back to kind of I know so many people struggle with this and I get so many messages about this and I'm just sharing my journey and what works for me if you track your progress on the scale you love weighing yourself every day it works for you great I'm not saying not to that it's hard for everyone or that you shouldn't be doing it at all I think like I say all the time you have to do what works for you and what's best for you Whether that's weighing yourself, not weighing yourself, losing weight, not losing weight, whatever it is, make sure it's the best decision and choice for you. And 
And I think in terms of what a lot of us in the kind of category who do struggle with the scale worry about by not weighing yourself is not having and seeing those consequences for your actions, because that for a lot of people use that as motivation. If you see the scale going up, then you lock back in, you do your workouts again, you track your food again so that the scale can go back down. And I had it too, and I still kind of have it. It's not all the way gone, but it's that fear of not having consequences for your actions. And I feel like every time I talk to my therapist, I feel like at least this topic comes up at least one or two times because it's something that is so important and on like the forefront, like in my mind is that fear of not weighing yourself if you're never going to reach your weight loss goals because you don't have those consequences. And what she tells me every time what I kind of want to share with you because it's definitely super helpful is the choices and the decisions that I make have consequences regardless, regardless if you're standing on the scale or not. Every choice and decision that you are making has a consequence. If I eat McDonald's every single day, how am I going to feel? I'm probably not going to have energy, might feel sick to my stomach, whatever it is, feel bloated. That's the consequence of that. Your body's telling you, this doesn't, I don't like this. I don't want you to keep eating this every single day. It doesn't have to be, you can't eat this anymore because the scale goes up. Right. And I think that's where it's important to be, like we said, in touch with how your thoughts are and your feelings are and what your body's actually going through as you're making these choices Mm -hmm. and decisions. Because if you're not aware, your body's telling you these things anyway, your mind's silencing them and obsessing over X, Y, and Z. And reality is your body's already telling you them and you're not listening to what your body's telling Mm -hmm. you. So I think it's really important to be in touch and, and to listen to what your body's telling you and what you're feeling and what's going on with yourself beyond what your brain's telling you. Mm -hmm. Because your body's telling you one thing, but your brain could be telling you something differently. Right. And I think that's the big thing that you've gotten to is you're actually listening to what your body's telling you at the same time of still battling some of those old thoughts and feelings surrounding your behaviors Mm -hmm. and your choices. And because you've been able to kind of silence those old thoughts and feelings around what your brain's telling you, you've been able to see the physical changes and being able to look at things differently. Mm -hmm. And it's taken a lot of practice and a lot of work to get to where you are. But I think, again, once you get that ball rolling, it's only going to get easier. Mm -hmm. And I think that's where I talk about all the time is mindfulness And if you are looking to really change your relationship with yourself, with your body, with food, it's really starting with that mindfulness, really being in touch with why you're doing what you're doing, how it makes you feel, why you're making the choices, why you're doing that, why you're not doing that. And it might sound repetitive or stupid or to ask yourself, okay, why am I eating this piece of pizza? And you you might think that's a ridiculous thing to ask yourself, but that has been the biggest thing that has helped me to get to this point is really being hyper aware and sensitive to everything that I'm doing. It might seem like a lot of work, and I mean, it kind of is, but it gets easier the more you keep doing it, and it doesn't feel like work. It just becomes more of, I'm doing this because it's going to make me feel good, and it's what's best for me and my body on this journey. 
So I think that mindfulness is key in any sort of recovery or healing or journey that you're on. Reminding yourself that no matter what you do, it's focusing on how that decision or that choice is going to make you feel, your mood, your energy. Are you still going to want to get your workout in if you do X, Y, or Z? How you're going to feel by making the choices and the decisions that you're doing without basing it on what's the scale going to do? Is the scale going to go up because I eat this ice cream Sunday, Or am I going to eat it and enjoy it and be able to move on? Or I'm going to eat it, it's going to add me to binge more, like all those things to kind of ask yourself. And I think that's kind of where I'm at right now is really how is this choice and decision going to affect me and the rest of my day, the rest of whatever I want to get done today? Is it going to help me get it done? Or is it going to kind of make me feel tired, low energy, angry, and all that? It's a learning curve, just like with new things, they take time. But I'm doing my best. I hope you keep doing your best and changing things up when and if they need to be changed. It doesn't matter if you decided to do X diet and it's not working. It doesn't mean you have to stick there and keep doing it. Change things up as you need to continue to move forward on your journey because the scale doesn't define us. And we need to figure out a way that we're going to feel healthy and happy with what we're doing and the choices we're making for the rest of our life. So I think that's a perfect place to kind of wrap this up and and have that reminder that being aware and having that mind-body connection and being aware of your thoughts and choices is so incredibly powerful. And I think we've talked about this, I don't know how many, episode after episode, it seems like we talk about it. But I think the progress that you're making is only proof that that is actually validated and real. Right. And that's why I really wanted to talk about this because it's not easy. It's not just me sharing, okay, I'm not weighing myself anymore, but I'm still going to lose weight and everything's better and wonderful because I stopped weighing myself. I thought it was very important to share kind of the whole journey from deciding not to weigh myself to where I am now. And to show the struggle, the challenges, the triumphs, the victories, the hardships, all of it, because it's not easy. It's not just as easy as, okay, I'm going to stop weighing myself and everything's going to be better. And so I think that's a huge reminder too, when things are difficult or scary, it's okay. Like it doesn't mean that there's something wrong with you or that you can't do it or it's too hard. I think like I said before, you just have to trust yourself, trust the journey and keep doing what's best for you every single day because it's not easy. Right. So with that, I think we'd like to wrap this episode up and thank each and every one of you who took the time to listen to our conversation today. If you could also take the time to recommend us to a friend or family member who might also find value from our conversations, that would help us out greatly. Another way you can help us out is taking the time to rate, review, and subscribe wherever it is that you listen to podcasts. No, yeah, there's one last thing. Remember, it's, it's never, never too late, late to fly. fly.